We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. You knew the risks when you decided to drive drunk. There could be a crash. People could get hurt or killed. But that didn't stop you, did it? You knew you could get arrested. You could incur huge legal expenses, and you could possibly even lose your job. You were well aware of the consequences of driving drunk. But one thing's for sure. You were wrong when you said it was no big deal. Drive sober or get pulled over. This message brought to you by NHTSA. Oh my God, I'm standing on a table right now. I'm not even a fan of the 49ers. I'm not even from San Francisco. I just deliver my takes on them. But dear Lord, I forgot what it felt to have a football team win on a Sunday and let's talk about it on a Monday. It feels good. I feel reinvigorated. The food tastes better. Go buy your wife some flowers. Shoot hoops in the driveway with your son. End that grudge. Call that person you're fighting with and say, you know what, why why are we doing this? This is what winning does. It's a feeling. It reaffirms things. 49ers needed to feel this. Year one of a new regime, John Lynch, Kyle Shanahan, their first win comes after Veterans Day. Not how they planned it, not how the fan base envisioned everything playing out. Hey, here we are. It's not the end of the world. Gonna give you some rapid fire, quick takeaways about this first win of the season for the 49ers. Some minor, some major, some big picture. To me, what I'm remembering the next day, and this was the biggest moment, was the celebration in the locker room. You can talk X's and O's or the 
draft picks the 49ers made, and we will. But for a 1-9 football team to be reacting this way, Kyle Shanahan in the middle, I love it. I think it's fantastic, and it shows players are bought in. They're invested in Kyle Shanahan. They wanted to be elated for him. This was months too late to produce a first victory, and they're sorry about it. But I I love that celebration, even on the sidelines. You had John Lynch down there embracing everyone. This is a cohesive culture that doesn't automatically mean Super Bowls. That doesn't even mean success. But it's hard to have cohesion in the NFL And the 49ers have banded some personalities together. And I saw that in the locker room. Because Kyle has made football fun for this team, even despite nine losses in a row. He still makes work fun to come to. This isn't people getting embarrassed in film sessions and what is the culture here. And they will move on from people who aren't buying into their system. But I think this locker room is almost completely bought in. That is a very hard thing to do and a task they have accomplished that honestly means more than the one win. One win, it validates them. They needed to have it. They're human beings. Second takeaway, okay, 49ers fans, slow your roll saying there's a quarterback competition with C.J. Beathard here, but I am of the percent that thinks he does have talent and you likely have your long-term backup here for Jimmy G., he, you're feeling comfortable. He can make spot starts, throw the deep ball with touch, scramble for an 11-yard touchdown. If he has time to throw, to get the O-line fixed, and Jimmy G somehow is hurt next year, or CJ has to start sometimes, you're feeling good about it. You don't have to pick a quarterback in the draft now, waste money in free agency. You are walking into an offseason with your quarterback room set. CJ Beathard, 288 yards passing, two touchdowns, the deep strike to Marquise Goodwin. Garrett Selleck had a nice play there. I mean, he's he's moving the football again during the two-minute drive. I've seen enough from C.J. Beathard where if Jimmy G does come in after the bye, which is very likely, this was a great little sample size for him. He struggled against Philly and Dallas, two really good defenses, and he played really well against Washington and really well against the Giants. He had to go up against the NFC East, and he did not do that bad for a third-round pick playing his first snaps in the NFL. Takeaway number three, again, this to me more valuable than winning. Nine rookies are being developed on the field. And when I say field, like we're, these aren't just projections like, oh, we drafted this guy. He might be good. He's played a little bit here and there. Matt Breida has gotten significant playing time pretty much all season. Finally bust out with a 33-yard touchdown. Kendrick Bourne has a couple big receptions, moving the sticks. Obviously, uh, we have Kittle and Trent Taylor who have done all right their rookie seasons for being late-round picks. Defensive side of the ball, Adrian Colbert. My God, did anyone play free safety in a game like this so far for the 49ers? There was flashes from Tart. Jimmy Ward was, you know, he's had a couple turnovers, wasn't, didn't have an adequate practice time for him to really flourish this year. Colbert has gone in there, and let's see him string together a couple games. But he's clobbering people over the middle. He's very rangy, fearless with his instincts. I like that at the position. Um, all of a sudden, if he finishes the season strong, you're either talking about moving Jimmy Ward back to corner or there being 
competition there or even moving on from Jimmy Ward. Let's see him do it weeks in a row here. But Colbert I'm loving. Obviously, Ruben Foster is a rookie. I'm even going to group in Ronald Blair here, who came in and honestly was everywhere. Rushing the passer, stopping the run a little bit. Um, you have some young pieces here that they've incorporated. Akilla Witherspoon at corner. The names go on and on here. You're literally developing people on the field. You get Solomon Thomas back next week. Uh, that led to the win. The rookies made plays. I get the Giants weren't even trying, but they're still an NFL team. Rookies made the plays. That's a takeaway. You're taking that away and feeling good about that. I mean, I like the scheme on defense. I'm, I'm fine with the scheme on defense right now. You get better play from cornerbacks, and you have someone playing as well as Adrian Colbert on the back end. All of a sudden, big plays are disappearing, and the field is shrunk. So secondary, again, was always going to be the issue this year. It's the most important thing in the Seattle scheme. First year, though, with holes still kind of everywhere, I don't know. I, I like the scheme. I think Saul is going to be here long term. Honestly, I thought if the defense was going to struggle this year, this team might go get a Vic Fangio, bring in a veteran and say, listen, we got the staff assembled late. We wanted to give Sala a chance. He didn't do bad, but we think we can upgrade. I, I think you're walking in year two feeling good about Sala and the defense. They were not that bad this year, considering what happened last year under Jim O'Neill. Things got out of control. I want to address the Marquise Goodwin thing too. So, so sorry for his loss. I mean, those of us who have had loss can't even relate to losing a kid like that. I often talk about my father's death and how it's impacted me, but very, very somber and emotional moment after the game, revealing uh, the death of a, of a baby boy he had just had with his wife. So thoughts go out to you, Marquise, the celebration, the end zone. Uh, very uplifting to see the teammates down there, too. Um, I've been critical of him this season. Will he be the number two receiver moving forward? It doesn't matter at this point. You know, the life is fragile. Good to see. I mean, he still competed. Teammates respect him so much for that. Bye week comes at a great time for him. Wanted to make sure we got that in the pot. So I tweeted this too. You look at the new regime and tasks they've accomplished this year. They're one and nine on the field. It's been ugly and bad. And there's been moments, especially the last few weeks, the O-line's getting decimated. The games are barely watchable. I think, though, three years down the line, we're going to look back at 2017 and say this was a groundwork year where we developed nine rookies on the field. Kyle and John are going to say C.J. Beathard became a good option for us. We acquired Jimmy G. As I just said, the defensive scheme. This is the one Kyle handpicked. He wanted to play the Seattle defense. They learned how to play it that year. Buckner started coming on. Ruben Foster was clear from day one he was going to be a star. Things are happening this year where I think three years from now, we remember more of these little steps they took to success than the record. And we can get into all the X's and O's from yesterday. And Kyle had the simplified game plan, really ran his base personnel like 63% of the snaps. They were not doing anything difficult. It was like base plays that they just ran the Giants over with. And we can get into, oh, they might win a couple more. They might end up picking like five or six in the draft and you know have these wins and these rookies are learning to win games and making big plays to win games. And I think that's important. Big picture, 
win or loss, the record at the end of the day, I don't think will matter. It's that these rookies are playing. Jimmy G's in the building. The D looks like it's going to be the scheme long term. Players are bought in. They believe in the direction of this football team. No more than Joe Staley, too, because he didn't really give lip service to Chip Kelly last year. He, he said, I wasn't really a vocal leader even afterwards because he didn't really believe in the direction. No one, everyone knew Trent Baalke was a dead man walking. There's direction now. It's rare to feel this good about a 1-9 team, but you should. You're going to have your negative 25% of people on Twitter who will rain on the parades and will find ways to be negative about this football team. That's fine. Don't let it be you because I think a lot of good things are happening in that building in Santa Clara. I mean, you go opposite side of the coin here. How bad would things be if it was 1-9 and and you were getting the effort that the Giants were putting out there and there was infighting and anonymous reports? It, it's none of that. I get it. You're one of a regime. Kumbaya, my lord. Kumbaya. It's really hard to step on anyone's toes. It's all new. Everyone's in this together. There's not been enough decisions that have been made that have divided people in a front office and coaching staff. But um, I like it. I like the energy in this building. They're going to compete against Seattle, but then you got some winnable games against Chicago and Houston again, too, that, like I tweeted before, too, Jimmy G winning a couple of those games, he comes in with his arm talent, elevates things. You're winning, again, 31-21. Good for the football team then. Um, I think the positive momentum from wins here are something that you carry into the offseason. But at the end of the day, I'm not going to judge them for losing it either. As long as they've got this checklist of things that they are accomplishing, um, I'm, I'm not giving this team a pass. I'm just seeing groundwork being laid. It is hard to judge this game, though, with the Giants being as depleted as they are and Carlos Hyde looking that good. You pull up film from this game and say, oh, 100%, he's with us. Let's re-sign him. Let's ignore Saquon Barkley in the draft. We also have Joe Williams here, too. Hyde's not going to be that expensive. Four years, $20 million at the most, with like 12 guaranteed? Just running back's the market for them. You feel bad. But um, I think even if Saquon Barkley is in play, you re-sign Hyde just for the sake that you know he can do the job. You're unsure of how the draft's going to unfold, who you're going to end up falling in love with. I'm not even saying extension now, but maybe. But maybe. I don't think it's a bad thing to re-sign Carlos Hyde and also give yourself other options just because you need running backs. He's definitely capable. He's big. He can also cut it outside. I do think he is like a top 12 running back in this league and I've been getting into it with people on Twitter about Saquon Barkley everyone brings up Kyle's history listen he's not going to draft a running back look at him and his father all the guys they plucked late who, who they've turned into look at Matt Breida now they like him they got him undrafted I get that things change Kyle has changed a lot over the years he's adaptive his system and concepts are the same but the way he views the league and what players can help most if he looks at Barkley on film and says, oh, I can do things like Le'Veon Bell, I can do things like Marshall Falk that I can't do with any other player in the draft, they will consider him there. And maybe the Leonard Fournette report that I got leaked last year was fake news and using the media to leverage things, but uh, I do think Saquon Barkley will be in play until the very last second for the 49ers if they are picking in the top five. But like I said, they're winning a couple games here. 
I mean, he's so good of a running back prospect from Penn State that he'll be gobbled up probably top three. A couple of weeks ago, I was fine. I was saying, eh, let's, Ruben Foster, if you have to shut him down, shut him down. I'm not saying that anymore. Let's see his durability. Let's see him finish a season upright, playing the way he is. PFF has him as the fourth best middle linebacker in the league right now, with like a 90-something rating above Luke Keekley. He is taking away portions of the field in the pass game, in the run game. He's hitting people hard. It's very hard to get your hands on him as a blocker. And if you do, he's, he can wiggle away. Um, I've seen special things from him the last two weeks. The defense just automatically has been better with his presence on the field. They're going against a terrible Cardinals team. The Giants, who have completely quit, competition isn't what it is. But this is what happens in the middle of an NFL season. I mean, 12 of the teams are garbage. 10 are good. Got a bunch in the middle. But, I mean, you're so, I mean, seasons from now, he is going to go against a Cardinals team that sucks again, or a Giants team that's like this. So um, you're not getting cream of the crop every week in the NFL at this point in the season. He's coming out there and still producing 10 tackles yesterday. Flying around the ball, the white sleeves just they stick out on the field, and it still looks like they're not using him much at Mike linebacker. That'll be something for him to learn throughout the years. But um, yeah, don't shut him down. Let's keep him playing like this at a high level because him and DeForest Buckner. I'm not saying Colbert's going to be something special, but if he figures out how to play on a week to week basis, it can give this team. And in fact, even coming in as a dime corner, pieces are being developed here on D. Sounds like the plan, too. Jimmy G is going to be hanging around for the bye week. Kyle has divided up some tasks for the coaching staff to feed him chunks during this week to keep his mind active. Don't even know if he'll be throwing much, but just classroom work. Most of the other players are going to be completely off. They get to relax during a bye week. Um... And again, that 0-16 Lions talk where you're grouped in with an organization who's been a perennial loser, never won a Super Bowl. You've avoided that. The monkey is off your back in a sense where if you do go 1-15, it'll be disappointing. No shit, but um, you're not going to have to endure that lingering cloud and the negativity that would have gone with it. Because you do have your Jimmy Johnsons that went 1-15. Obviously, Bill Walsh had two wins his first season. So, it's been done before. Turning around a program has been done before. If there is one note of criticism after that game, I said it straight up on Twitter. Kyle Juszczyk, not what they envisioned. I think he had a season high, like 38 snaps yesterday. Back-to-back weeks, he's fumbled. Um, no, he's helping a little bit in the run game too, but with the way this regime moves on from players, and I get that Rashard Robinson and Navarro Bowman weren't their own players, but Kyle is a guy that if things aren't working, let's figure out how to get them to work or find someone else. And Juszczyk really isn't a replaceable player. They called him an offensive weapon. I thought he would have way more of an impact this season, especially in the passing game. I don't know if Kyle misjudged his skill set or there's just year one growing pains, but I would say 
unless he really turns things around, that his roster spot is not 100% safe. That doesn't mean they'll trade him or cut him, but I would say the evaluation's going into him at fullback, and it's probably going to be hard to move on from that contract. This might be a mistake they have to swallow. Uh, He got stuffed on a couple of, you know, third and one plays this year too. I mean, he's had some plays, no doubt. But his signing elicited a lot of positive feelings and hype, not only from the 49ers, but around the league. And they just haven't channeled that. Maybe they will be able to next year with a better quarterback, year two in the system. But if you're looking at still some areas that need to be criticized, I would say use check coming out of this game is number one. How about a positive though? I mean, the 49ers might have ended the Ben McAdoo era with the Giants. It was obviously trending that direction, but this type of loss to a team literally playing rookies at every important position who's not won a game all season, I think nail in the coffin, game set match, Ben McAdoo's out, probably GM Jerry Reese is out. At that point, if you're a new regime, why are you going to start with a 37-year-old Eli Manning? You move him to Jacksonville where he has Tom Coughlin and a good defense. You're thinking about drafting Josh Rosen. So all of a sudden here, the Giants and 49ers are going to be kind of compared the next couple of years. They're going to be starting over at very similar time frames. Once gloried franchises now um, at the bottom of things. And listen, Giants might be able to get a Nick Saban, a Jim Harbaugh, you're going to talk about prime candidates wanting to go there. It's still a very coveted job. If you're a coach who can deal with that media market, um, ownership is good there. <coughs> Excuse me, they'll spend money. So if the Giants are able to get a new regime and turn things around quicker than the 49ers, so these teams are going to be stacked up against each other is my point here. So Kyle ends this regime kind of with this win. There's no way they can hold on to these people. And then they're going to reboot kind of one year after. So keep your eye on the Giants the next couple of years. They are in a tough-ass division going against the Eagles and Wentz, Dak and the Cowboys. Who knows with the Redskins if they keep Kirk. But they're normally, with Kirk, they've been between 7-9 and nine and 10-6. and six. So not an easy division for the Giants, but uh, they're going to have to figure some things out here because they're, they're going to need brand new people. I still can't believe it. It's a victory Monday. It's the thing a lot of fan bases get to experience quite often around the NFL. And I think part of the jubilation may be, especially from Joe Staley, who keeps saying this was one of the most important wins of his career, is that this is what's to come. If you are to to believe in Kyle Shanahan and... 49ers can win games like this if their plan goes correctly. They can come in, steamroll a team with a deep pass early on in the game, open things up with the running game. DeForest Buckner forcing a fumble. Reuben Foster laying the wood. Types of things you saw in this game are what Kyle Shanahan has preached and they've practiced and they've said, listen, this is going to work eventually. And then it did, and then it worked, and the results came to fruition, and now people are like, okay, I see it. It's actually happened. We executed a plan for the future. So what happens after the bye week? couple predictions for you. Jimmy Garoppolo does start against Seattle. I think that's a competitive game, and we're all encouraged by his first performance. 
And if not, and if he goes out there and throws picks, I still think it's fine because he needs to make these mistakes. He's only participated in a football bubble in New England where Bill Belichick is pulling so many strings. We need Jimmy G to almost struggle a little bit if you're a 49ers fan because he needs to see NFL defenses and make mistakes and learn from them, not in practice, but actual game. I think you'll continue to see Breida and Carlos Hyde on the field together a lot more like they were both utilized in the passing game. Would have loved to see more Kendrick Bourne as much as possible. I mean, it's pretty much him and Marquise Goodwin now. You're going to get Kittle back. You'll get Trent Taylor back. Um, it's it's still not a, a, a good thing that Elvis Dumerville is leading the team in sacks of four and a half. That's an issue, almost such an issue where is the top five pick going to be spent on a pass rusher? Is the high price free agency move to get someone here that can get 12 to 15 sacks to move this defense forward? Because Dumerville has four and a half sacks halfway through the year. If he finishes with eight, that's awesome. He didn't even play that much. There was games where he was not even um, featured. He's really never featured. He's like a third down guy. And for him to have that many is actually really impressive this late in his career. So some issues to solve, some things to keep your eye on. Um, Again, 31-21, beat the Giants. Enjoy the victory Monday. Order your girl flowers. Do a little bit of a dance. Be nice to each other on Twitter. There's there's nothing to be upset about. And I even threw out the poll. 25% of 49ers fans were okay losing that game for draft position. They've convinced themselves that the plan matters that much. And that's awesome. That they believe, you know what, who cares about wins. But it was good to get this feeling, to be reminded of what it's like. And there could be more to come. And I'm rambling at this point, so the podcast is over. That's the KJ Podcast, first ever Victory Monday edition. Your takeaway is big picture, 49ers, players have bought in to Kyle. They've set up some moves with rookies and Jimmy G where there's could be a quick turnaround next year. And, you know, you can get caught up in the X's and O's of this game. Doesn't really matter. The Giants suck, but... The 49ers came out and played harder, executed a game plan, and won. Sometimes that happens in the NFL. It should be happening more often for this team later in the season if Jimmy G comes in and plays at a high level. Okay. Enjoy Monday. Enjoy Tuesday. We'll talk to you again later this week. KJ Pod, we're out. You've reached the high fashion hotline. Hi, my family has big plans for Labor Day weekend, but our outfits aren't measuring up. Then get to Old Navy. Old Navy? Yep, Old Navy's huge Labor Day sale is on now. Get 50% off all jeans, 50% off all dresses, 50% off all tees, and 50% off all sweatshirts and hoodies for the whole family. 50% off all those styles? That's a big deal. So is this. Styles start at just six bucks at Old Navy and Old Navy.com. Change of plans. We're spending the weekend at Old Navy. High fashion, Old Navy. Valid 830-93. Excludes in-store clearance. Active licensed and men's package tees. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. 
Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.